to the show. This is Wrong Place Great Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Kate Anslinger. Now, I met Kate in Dallas uh, at BoucherCon in 2019. Colin Conway and I were headed over to uh, have lunch with Eric Campbell of Down Out Books, and we came across Kate and uh, had a conversation and struck up a friendship. And uh, it's been really nice talking to her about uh, uh, not just the craft, but also the marketing angle of things. And uh, Kate's books feature a detective with an interesting uh, skill that she has to kind of keep secret from people. And so I'll let you discover that uh, in the interview. Uh, I, I'm coming at you, as always, from Central Oregon, the headquarters of Wrong Place Right Crime, uh, and it is an uncharacteristically rainy day today, uh, but rain is always good, and uh, Wrong Place Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down Out Books. Uh, Down Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the grittier darker end of the spectrum if you like that then you can head over to their website uh, to get more information that is downandoutbooks.com that's downandoutbooks all spelled out dot com downandoutbooks take the journey with us all right well let's uh, dive straight into this interview with kate anslinger well hey kate welcome to the show Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I think I met you for the first time at BoucherCon in Dallas last year. Is that, am I remembering that right? Yes, you are. I met you and your sidekick. Well, I'm glad I'm not the sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, Colin. Ba- I'm Batman, not Robin. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking right. about business, I am most definitely the Robin in that relationship. Um, but uh, was that your first BoucherCon? That was my first BoucherCon, and it was the best experience ever. Uh, did you do anything in Dallas uh, outside of the uh, conference itself? I did. I um, visited the Kennedy Museum, which was yeah. like right across. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody went there. <laughs> it was only like two blocks away, so yeah. how could you not? You know, it was a pretty neat experience, but you know what amazed me was it was so much smaller than it looks like in the in the documentaries and the movies that portray it. It's much more of a it's a small area. Oh my god, so much smaller. And I um I, fun fact, I worked at the John F. Kennedy Museum in Boston years ago where they celebrate his life and kind of talk about the positive. So this was kind of like kind of morbid compared to what, <laughs> you know, I was used to. So yeah. it was definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, you know, when, when we were talking, you mentioned that you were a mystery writer, which is uh, what, what prompted me wanting to get you on the show eventually here. So let's mm-hmm. just uh, dive straight into that. Um, your main series that's a mystery series is the Grace McKenna series, and she's a police detective, correct? Correct. Tell me about Grace. Who Who is she exactly? Because she has sort of an interesting skill that I'm sure a lot of detectives would love to have. Unfortunately, (laughs) it can't be trained. Yes. So um, Grace was born with what her mother always called a gift. When she looks into a criminal's eyes, she can see pieces of the crimes that they've committed. So she'll see visions of, you know, whether it's the the victim's face or um, tools that were used in the murder or incident. And um, she's a detective. She kind of always followed that path because this was, you know, something that could help her. But, you know, she doesn't want people to think she's crazy. So she doesn't tell anybody she works with, obviously, that she has this gift. 
And in, in all, all three of the books, she has a different case that she's kind of stumbled upon due to her gift. And she has to solve on her own without telling her colleagues how she knows certain things. <laughs> so she, she's, it's a gift, but it's also um, a, a huge um, challenge for her at the same time. Yeah, that's why I, I am uh, really looking forward to diving into this series because uh, police procedurals and mysteries, you know, there's a lot of them out there, but this is a neat wrinkle. And I'm curious to see how you handle the emotional impact or the psychological impact that seeing these things uh, has on Grace. I mean, is it a visceral experience for her when she sees these things or is it more clinical? So very much. So it's, if they actually started when she was three, three or four years old, and you'll see that in the book, where she had her first experience, and she was, you know, out in public and um, came across a stranger made eye contact, and was all of a sudden flailing on the ground, because she didn't know what was going on. So it was very physical at first. And over time, she learned how to kind of contain her reaction to it. So, you know, now she's meeting people who are, um, you know, she has she's in a public setting, she has to be very, you know, calm about it, can't show it. But those images, they haunt her when she leaves, you know, work when she's anywhere. So she, she becomes kind of a workaholic, which I think a lot of police detectives are. And Certainly the truth, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she also has her, her boyfriend, who's an ex-cop, helps her. Is the, He's the only one who knows about her gift. And um, he kind of helps her um, solve the cases. That's an interesting relationship that you've got a female lead who is the police officer. And then, you know, those female leads, just like a male lead, having a love interest isn't necessarily unique, but having that be a former cop himself, mm -hmm. that, that has to create an interesting dynamic. Yes, they actually met in the, the, the police force. And um, she, he ended up leaving because he followed his dream of opening up a fitness studio. And they stayed together. And now he's kind of got that, you know, police background where he can help mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. And their Wasn't relationship it, kind of evolves. It, it's not a CrossFit studio, is it? It is not a CrossFit studio, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a meme out there that a fight club type meme about CrossFit that says the first rule of CrossFit is that you have to tell everybody about CrossFit. Oh my God. There's yeah, that in being, I think it's like being a vegan too or something. Yeah. So, uh, what, what's the boyfriend's name? Mark Connolly. And so he is aware of her, uh, particular talent. Um, and he's the only one. It, it just seems like if, the, if she were seeing things like this, um, it's not like she can put that in a warrant and, and use it for probable cause. So there, you know, she, she has to go find that nexus in a way that's admissible. Is that something that you address? Yes. She um, kind of goes, so like behind the scenes, let me give you one example. Like she'll travel to, you know, wherever she finds like someone that can help her. Like, so she goes to Vermont in this last book and um, anyone who's kind of connected to the person who most likely passed away, not always um, that's in her vision. Um, she goes and kind of talks to other people very in a way that is very crafty though. She has to, she can't let them know. And she's been successful at it so far, but she's found herself in a couple of sticky situations. Yeah, it would be like knowing something you're not supposed to know and trying mm -hmm. to find a way to getting to know it in a way that's acceptable or, or legal or admissible or whatever. It's an exactly. interesting, yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, thing to try to, to work around. Um, so would you 
classify this as slightly paranormal then? You know, people have classified it as that. Um, so, yeah, I could say it's definitely got, I mean, you could definitely call it paranormal. It seems like you've got like enough paranormal for people who enjoy that to yes. you know, to have it, but not so much that, that it might necessarily put off your more, you know, hardcore mainstream. Exactly. It's funny because I'm not a paranormal reader at all. And, you know, I came up with this idea and then I'm like, oh my God, like, what if I lose readers who like aren't paranormal readers, but I've got <laughs> quite the, the blend of readers. So, yeah. Yeah, it look it, it would appear that you're pretty active, uh, at least prior to the quarantine here, um, in, in getting out and doing bookstore events and book club uh, things, or or at least that's featured on your site pretty prominently. Yes, I always uh, well actually fun fact so Bridgeton, Mass, the town that um, takes place in the kind of mystery series, is actually basically modeled after the town I used to live in, which is Winthrop, Massachusetts. And um, it's got a lot of similarities. There's, you know, I mean, different names, but anyone reading it that lives there will pick up on these. And so I would do, I always do signings at this one particular bookshop and uh, I had one scheduled and of course that's not happening now, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. This uh, pandemic uh, has, has interrupted a lot of good things. It would seem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In some sense though, readership has gone up greatly. So yeah, I, it might be a, a, a silver lining for authors in that uh, yeah. people do have more time to, to finally decide to check out this author or give this author a read or, you know, or, or whatever. So uh, as long as we're doing fun facts, uh, here's one. You're in the Air Force, right? I was a, a long time ago now. <laughs> uh, so what did you do in the Air Force? What was your job? So I was a command post controller. So um, I worked in the command post as a communications person, basically. So anytime something major happened um, on base, it would go through the command post. We'd wake up the officers in the middle of the night, talk to security forces, and uh, then write reports and send them up to headquarters Air Force. Now, people might think that that was a random reference I was making, but it really isn't because outside of the Grace McKenna series, you have a book called Saving Jason that uh, features a vet uh, dealing with PTSD. When when did you write that before or after the McKenna books? That was my very first book. Um, I wrote that in 2013 when I was pregnant with my first daughter. And um, I just started writing it because I had a story to tell. And it's loosely based on someone I knew while I was in the military. Loosely, I repeat. And the rest is history from there. I kind of wrote it to um, for my friends to read, and it ended up getting picked up by a publisher. Post-traumatic stress disorder is a pretty common thing uh, in well in law enforcement as well, but certainly in, yes. in, in military service. Um, I once uh, uh, was in a class where a Medal of Honor winner was the guest speaker, and one of the things that he said was he wished they would drop the D from that. He said, you know, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. It's not a disorder. Yeah. It's it's a very oh. normal reaction to the stress. It's just post-traumatic stress. Uh, in fact, if you're not reacting to it, that's the disorder was kind of his point. Was that your experience as well with, with the real and fictional uh, part of the experience of writing that book? 100%. Yeah, um, it, it, you're right. I feel like if you don't react to certain ways, if, you know, Whoever, got, whoever went through something didn't react in a certain way, then obviously, you know, there's something that's more of a, you're right, that's more of a disorder. But yeah, post-traumatic, you know, I never even thought about that before that they should drop the D, but it totally makes sense. 
Yeah, I didn't either, but uh, but, he, but it's just he he was very compelling, and you know everybody deals with it differently. I mean, he was mm-hmm. dealing it with it by by giving these talks and sharing his story and and mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, how does the character Jason uh, deal with his issues, or is that the, is that too much of a spoiler? Uh, it's a little bit of a spoiler. You'll see, but um, he kind of he kind of uh, pushes the edge on life a little bit. So adrenaline, not, adrenaline junkie yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. He he throws all caution to the wind. Did I did I use that phrase right? I think that's how you say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So he kind of gives up on you know any type of safety net and goes a little crazy. I shouldn't <laughs> say crazy though. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on if you're in the uh, uh, mental health industry or not. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, total aside, but I saw a little tidbit on your on your blog or on your website. You're terrible with maps, you said. Horrible. Horrible. How did that work out at a command post? I mean, I've been in police command posts. There's a lot of maps that get drawn. There's a lot of maps. Well, luckily, both of the bases I was at, there wasn't a lot of, I mean, we had some flight following, but we didn't have a ton of, we didn't have to deal with maps. It was more deadline-driven communications where you had to respond and write up what was happening. So luckily, I didn't have a lot of map dealings. And you can ask my husband, I will like literally walk in a circle before I can find my way out of it. So he's probably the navigator uh, when you go places. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I freeze up when I see a map. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all have our we all have our obstacles to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, swinging back around at Grace McKenna, that Mm -hmm. series isn't over. You have a third book coming out in that series. I do. Um, Never Tell, book three, although they can all be read as standalones, I will say. Um, Book three will be launching one week from tomorrow on May 6th. And I plan on, I've already started the fourth actually. So So Never Tell coming out in a a week. Uh, Do you have Mm -hmm. a title for the fourth one yet? I think I have an idea for the title. Are you Um, able to share or is it still under wraps? I will share, but I can't promise it's going to stay. It might change because everything tends to change as I go along through the writing process. Um, so far, it's called The House. Very straightforward. Very simple. Yes. I, I like to keep them simple. Yeah. The gift, buried secrets, never tell. You kind of have a, a rhythm going there. Um, my my but, two words. <laughs> I like that, though. I, I do that. I, I kind of did that with my River City series. And I think, uh, I think it, I don't know, it almost is a, a little bit of a hint of branding almost or something. And I think mm-hmm. people start to expect it and like it. Well, uh, before we uh, break off here, I wanted to finish with something else. that's kind of an interesting tidbit you shared on one of your blogs or on your website. I don't remember where I saw it. Uh, and that is that you have a uh, device uh, called a Catictionary. Did I get that right? Oh, the yes, the k Yes, the k So tell people what that is. I thought it was pretty funny. So for as long as... Um, I mean, I can remember, I have always nicknamed people, one thing, and I also create names for random things. And so my family has kind of adapted to that. And so like, for example, and don't ask me how I come up with this, because I honestly have no idea. Like when we eat a lot of snacks in the house, we'll call it bugen. So we're, we're bugen on treats or something like that. It's, it's very strange. Like you're, like you're having a big, huge amount or something like that is... I, you know, I guess that's where it came from. And I have like, we seriously have like a whole list of words and like only our family would understand it. 
So we could like literally probably speak a completely different language um, outside of the house. <laughs> you think any of those will find their way into the Grace McKenna books at some point or have they already? Oh my God, that would be so awesome. Um, I, you know, I think, I think maybe one of them has already, but you know, that's an idea for the future. I might uh, put that in there, really, really get them to spread. You know, anything to set you apart. I mean, that's, that's the big challenge for all of us writers these days is, so uh, is just, you know, being noticed, being discovered and, and, you know, hopefully the, the work we're producing is, is, is more than enough to hook somebody once they decide to give it a nibble, but, you know, attracting the nibbler is the big challenge. What are some of the things you're doing to, to let readers know that you're here and you have these books aside from coming on this world renowned podcast? <laughs> um, so <You> laughed. <laughs> I, I laughed, but it's not true. I mean, this, this is amazing. I, and I think what you do for authors is amazing, helping us get the word out there. And that's what I, one thing I love about this industry is that we're all so helpful with one another, you know, like at that conference, it's like, I, you know, I write to you guys, you and Colin, if I have a question on something and, you know, we lean on one another, it's not mm-hmm. really a competitive cutthroat. We're cutthroat with, you know, getting our word out, our books out there, but we're not amongst each other. And that's why I love this industry so much. Well, you're the reason um, I, I'm now on Instagram. So that's, I told, a good, that's a good example right there. Yes. I convinced you guys both to go on Instagram. I personally I'm not, like I'm Instagram not, more than anything. <laughs> I'm not good at it necessarily, but, uh, uh, but I'm there. It's a, it's, I feel like it's a good forum for books too. But um, so I do a lot of um, lately, I feel like I'm always doing one of my books is on promo, whether it's free or 99 cents. And I'll go through, you know, sites like reading deals. Um, there's a new one called many books and you put your, you know, you pay a certain price, put your book out there and um, they'll promote it. And, you know, you get, you pick up a lot of new readers that way, you know, you have to, you know, give away a lot of books to get your word out there, your name out there, but it works. Yeah. I mean, and the idea being, obviously, if somebody reads book one and loves it, they'll read book two, three, four, and then, you know, hop over to a different series or, or, or whatever. And, and I like to think that if we have close associations with other writers, that there'll be some cross pollination there. I mean, if, if, you know, if you like my books, you're going to come into the ones I wrote with Paul. And, and that means maybe you'll jump over to his and maybe that'll cause him to jump over to yours or, or some other iteration, you know? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, so just a reminder, uh, coming out in a week is Never Tell, the third Grace McKenna mystery novel. And uh, Kate's already hard at work on the fourth. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm really glad you came on the show. I'm so grateful that you had me. Thank you so much. Well, there you are, folks. Pretty good picture of Katie Anslinger. Uh, you can see why uh, Colin and I enjoyed uh, hanging out with her for a little while at uh, Batracon. And um uh, and I can tell you that uh, in the midst of this COVID-19 quarantine, and even though things are opening up a little bit in some places, uh, you know, we, we had the cancellation of Left Coast Crime one day into it down in San Diego. I was there, uh, bought the t-shirt, <laughs> and uh, I was going to Sacramento in August, I think it was, uh, for BoucherCon. Really was looking forward to that. That's been canceled. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully by the time left coast crime comes around again for the albuquerque 2021 things will be normal enough to be able to go uh, because those are really the social highlights of the year for me 
not only for the uh, interaction at the time, but uh, you end up making making friends. And if if uh, you're paying attention as an adult, that's not as easy as when you were a kid. <laughs> you know, it's not like you walk up on the playground and say, "Want to be friends?" And it just you know <laughs> just happens. Uh, you know, it seems to be more and more difficult as you get older to to make meaningful friendships and when you can bond over a shared. Uh, experience or a shared love of, of, of something, it smooths the way just a little bit. A quick Zafiro update for you. Uh, three quick items, actually. Uh, one is, don't forget, a Grifter song is still going strong season two. Right now, the most recent episode is Scott Eubanks' Still Life with a Suitcase, episode 11. Uh, also, uh, my novel with Colin Conway, Never the Crime, the second book in the Charlie 316 series, is available for pre-order. It'll be coming out from Down and Out Books uh, in June. Also on the River City front, Place of Wrath and Tears, the sixth River City book, will come out on August 12th. Place of Wrath and Tears is now available for pre-order all right, on the next episode of Wrong Place, Right Crime, we're going to talk to Robin Burcell, who, surprise, surprise, I met at a conference. Uh, that one was Left Coast Crime in Vancouver. Uh, and I had a really fun conversation with her. She's a very gregarious person, and her writing journey has been an interesting one uh, in that she has uh, collaborated with one of the uh, industry's giants. And so that'll be next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'd like to say thanks to Kate for coming on the show and to Down Out Books, as always, for being a great sponsor. Uh, and most importantly, to you, thank you, the listener, uh, for, for being out there, for firing up this podcast, for listening to me chatter on about uh, whatever. Uh, and uh, I hope it's uh, making your time uh, during this difficult period in our country's history just uh, one iota more bearable. Uh, if it has, then I will consider it a successful endeavor. Uh, next episode, Robin Burcell. Until then, this is Frank Zaffaro reminding you that sometimes you gotta be in the wrong place to write crime. <laughs> <laughs>